Hello, everybody. My name is Jake McGrail, and alongside me are Liz Wang and Corey Branson of CITR Sports, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news, standings, and stories, and... Some good things happened this past weekend, you guys. Yeah, I can sure. think of one in particular. Well, it's baseball, right? Yeah, they yeah. swept yeah. Oregon Tech to extend their winning streak to five games. Softball, they played well in their homestand, uh, first homestand of the season. Golf, they got their mojo back after a shaky start to the new year. Corey played a big hand in that, obviously. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Lovely touch on that later. And... Uh, as the as a last note, women's volleyball won the national championship for the Woo! second time in three years. Woo! Oh my god! That 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 was the big thing. That's yeah. It's yeah. very much a big thing. No, I was talking about <laughs> baseball, Jake. <laughs> well, too bad. We're gonna be talking about volleyball. We're gonna be talking about that quite a bit later on. But first, we have another interview for you all. As earlier today, I was able to sit down with UBC women's basketball forward and three-time conference all-star Madison Penn taking a look back at this past season as well as her overall career so far. Here is my conversation with Madison Penn. This is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports, and sitting across from me is UBC women's basketball star Madison Penn. Thank you for coming on the show. No worries. Thanks for having me, Jake. Yeah, so I'd like to start with talking about how you got to UBC, because your college career began not here. It began in 2013 when you left Australia to go to Virginia Tech, but you left there after just one year. Why'd you go to Virginia in the first place, and why'd you leave? Okay, so I went to Virginia reluctantly. I think mum mom made me uh, <laughs> try the opportunity, which is uh, I'm really grateful for her doing that. Um, it's kind of a long story. There's myself and one of my best mates from home, Vanessa. We sort of won as a package deal. So we played the World Championships in Lithuania for Australia and then pretty much just went straight to VT. Uh, Vanessa went without a visit. I went for a visit, and it was just random how we got there. Um, yeah, and it was a good year. It was a good year there. Unfortunately... I uh, was struggling a bit with like kind of mental illness and so I think coming home was probably the best decision at the time but um, there are regrets and there is like a gratefulness about like going and coming back as well so it was a good experience overall. How did uh, your mom take you leaving the school Uh, after a year? (laughs) No it it was okay she wasn't a pushy parent Uh, she was just trying to show me that there's an opportunity I, I just wanted to stay home and play basketball, but uh, in retrospect now I'm glad I didn't because I can always just go home and play basketball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you did stay in Australia the next couple of years after leaving Virginia Tech. So what were you doing during that time? Uh, I think I took it. I took a year off basketball. Um, I wasn't very well, and then I started playing basketball again at Sydney University. I enrolled at Sydney University to uh, start my undergraduate in education, which was awesome. Um, I started training and playing with the WNBL Sydney Uni Flames. But before the season could start, really, I was told that I had to have spinal surgery. So I had spinal surgery, took another year off, and then kind of leads me to 2016 when I first came to UBC. And so what convinced you to come to UBC? Yeah, I was, uh, after the spinal surgery ordeal, I was living in Canberra, in Australian, Australia's like capital territory. Um, and uh, I was bored one day. I wanted to come back to America to play uh, NCAA basketball, but because I'd played pro for about two minutes, um, I wasn't allowed to with all the NCAA rules. So 
I thought, like, I, I've been to Canada once. I went to Toronto for spring break one time, and I was like, oh, it's a pretty nice country. So I just sent a couple of emails out to uh, my boyfriend at the time. He was playing with Brandon University Volleyball. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I'll try, and, I'll try and go to Canada. So I sent, I think, three emails out, one to University of Manitoba. They never responded to me. Uh, one to U of T because I was uh, talking with the U of T coach and then one to here, Carrie and Deb. And they got back to me straight away and I was like, oh, well, here's my choice. Yeah, so I guess we can thank the NCAA being super, <laughs> super strict to uh, having you here for the last three years. Yeah, no, I can definitely thank them. Otherwise, I would have wound up somewhere in the States and I'm very happy to be here. So, yeah. yeah and so given that you came to Vancouver from across the globe, was there anything here off the court that surprised you or threw you off a little bit when you got here? Um, not so much. You guys are all very polite. Um, I used to live in Virginia, so that was uh, that was already my shock. I've already had my culture shock, okay. and so nothing really surprises me all that much here, no. So in your first season here, you stepped in, you averaged 18 points a game. That was second in all of Canada West, and especially considering you're coming off that major injury, how were you able to transition so seamlessly into the team? Um, I think I have a different attitude to everyone. When I look back, um, I find one thing on the court... A lot of the girls are a bit more tentative and they, they question a lot and they see basketball kind of black and white and I think it's because I don't really think that much, like I just do. And so I think that was a bit of shock. That was a shock to like some people on like how to guard me or whatever else. Um, and I think that I don't really care that much uh, what it looks like when I play, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, maybe that helped me a bit, just, you know, unknown, I guess. Yeah, well, if you don't know what you're thinking, then your opponent can't know what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the the team overall went 16-4 and four that season, unfortunately lost in the Canada West quarterfinals. And the next season, going, jumping ahead to 2017-2018, you were again uh, second in the conference in scoring as an individual, but the team finished just 10-10 and 10 on mm -hmm. the season. So what do you think caused that step back in your second year here? Um, I think the second year, uh, personally, I like assimilated in a way, and that was what I was talking about before. The unknown kind of became known, um, and then on a team, like with a team perspective, I think we were very young that year, and so it's it's hard to like a team's a team, right? Like you're only as strong as your weakest member, so um, we all had to kind of work together and just build from there. And I think that was why the year wasn't as successful, but in a way, it was very successful. So. Yeah, it was sort of a trial run for this past season because, uh, well, it ended in the Canada West quarterfinals once again. But then for this season, it brought back basically everyone mm -hmm. from the previous year. Of course, added Haley Council, Tennis Metcalf, two rookies, and a couple players sadly suffered season-long injuries. But it was the same core overall. So how were you or and the team as well feeling heading into this past season? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're feeling super positive. Like our preseason was really good. We actually just came off... Last year we went to Cuba, and that was a really good team-building exercise, minus uh, Haley and Tannis. But as a core, and then bringing those two girls in, we felt really happy. Like, the chemistry on and off the court, more so off the court, was really good, better than expected. Um, and for me, I'm super shocked. I'm about to be 25, and everyone's probably 17, 18. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it's really cool, and we can all just come together as a group and get along and I find that one of the best things about our team um, and then yeah on on court I guess coming to the season there was I'd say that the three main or well, the two main people I'd play with the most with Jess and Keelan we were feeling really excited for this season and then I think it's carrying like into next season as well the same kind of feeling yeah in uh, as one of the seniors on the team did you see yourself 
as uh, one of the main leaders on the team? Did you try to act as one of the main leaders on the team? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, acting as a main leader is one of my goals. When I first arrived here, I showed a lot of emotion and I was very angry all the time. Um, I still might be angry, but I don't show it. So um, that was, that's been one of my goals the past three years, and I think I've really grown. And um, kind of... Uh, showing by example, especially someone like Haley, who's in the same position as me and a lot younger than me, I'd like to um, be somewhat of a role model to her, so definitely. Do you see yourself as more of the sort of quiet, on the court, I'll lead by example, or more of a vocal leader telling people what you think they can do, what you think they can improve on? No, I think I think lead by example. I found that coming to Canada, um, teammates speak to each other a lot more, and, and I, found, I found that really weird because back at home it'd be you do that, someone would pick up on it, and then they'd try and want to do that instead of stopping and being like, hey, you didn't pass it very well to me. Like, I find, I still find that a bit confronting, I guess. Yeah, so I don't do that, no. So it was a, it was an interesting season for you from a statistical standpoint because your scoring dipped after the two straight seasons of being second in the conference and scoring. Uh, Keelan Filowich led the team in points this past season, but you had career highs in rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. Mm-hmm. So what caused this shift in your uh, impact on the court? Yeah, I think I kind of just grew up and uh, realized that there was more than just scoring. Not that I'd solely focused on that before, but um, I think being here has really opened my eyes to there's a lot more to achieve than just shooting threes. Like basketball is like a whole a whole game. And so um, wanting to get more rebounds, wanting to be more active in the assist column and everything else that isn't scoring was one of the goals for me this year. And I'm really happy that uh, I kind of achieved that in a way, yeah. And was there, uh, like, a spoken agreement between you and Keelan, like, oh, you're going to take more shots this season? Or is it, did it just kind of happen as it, the season progressed? No, it, yeah, no, it just happened like that. I think my priorities shifted, and, and that's probably how that happened. And in saying that next year, I want to align everything equal priority. And so I'm hoping that next year everything will be up in, like, the top. Yeah, so the team did not start the season well. You were 3-4 and four, just under a month in, but you then won nine games in a row which is the longest winning streak in any of your three years here. So what sparked that great run? Oh, my gosh, I can't even remember anymore. Um, I think <laughs> I think that we really focused on defense, especially over the Christmas break. That was just a huge focus on defense. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there's anything that comes to mind. I think it was just we were coming into our own, and the defensive focus really helped us. Yeah, so it just sort of clicked all of a sudden after a bit of a slower start? Yeah, I'd say so, definitely, yeah. Um, over the Christmas break, again with the defense, but Carrie was really on us about, you know, guarding our man and um, being good on the helpline and kind of just knowing your role. So that helped a lot, yeah. And sadly, you guys were, again, unable to make a deep playoff run as you were upset by Winnipeg 67-64 to in the wild card round. So mm-hmm. what happened in that game? Um, I think... Personally, I was happy with how I played, but that honestly doesn't matter in the end. It's a team thing. So when I look back at it and reflect, I think that a lot of people that could have stepped up uh, unfortunately didn't or didn't to their potential. And I think I think that comes with age and inexperience and or lack of experience. And I'm just hoping that that was a lesson that we'll take into next year and hopefully take us to nationals cause, because I don't want to leave here without having something to show I guess and I'm really proud of the other girls and how we've all worked so I think we deserve that and that's definitely just a lesson yeah well I remember watching that game and there's multiple times especially late where I was thinking oh they've got it now they've turned the corner they've got the momentum and then it just sort of fizzled out in Mm -hmm. the end so do you think next year hopefully that'll 
just uh, sort of fix itself with more experience? Yeah, definitely. Like when I think I realised that it was fizzling out, then I tried to do something, made a change and, you know, and then Keelan would make a change. But then I think that uh, a lot of the, a lot of people probably didn't have the experience to, uh, to know that it was kind of fizzling out and then act on it. And yeah, definitely that is a like learning kind of you know, you got to take that away and take that into every basketball game. You know, when it's slowing down, you got to change it, get momentum, and then run with it. So, yeah. So now that you've had over a month since the season ended to decompress, reflect on what happened, how do you look back on this past season? Do you see it as a success, a disappointment, combination of the two? Yeah, I think a combination of the two. And unfortunately, my last two years, I would reflect back and say they've been learning and building years. And you don't, you don't always want to uh, kind of attribute years to learning and building, but... Um, I'm hoping this is the last one that we can comfortably say that, yeah, we're building because I think that next year and onward will be the top team in uh, youth sports. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely making a bold prediction right there. Yeah, no, I have nothing else. I don't want to predict anything less. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess taking a step back to look at your overall three years here at UBC so far, are there any specific moments or highlights that have really stuck with you from your time with the Thunderbirds? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you mean basketball-wise or just anything-wise? Well, anything. Anything? Um, last year I took a statistics course as part of my kinesiology degree, and as everyone knows, um, I'm pretty old. So the last time I did maths, uh, mathematics was... 2011 um and this statistics course was pretty hard and maths is not my bag anyway so long story short i passed the course after i think was i was like failing it the whole year and i just really worked hard um and that's my that's my favorite thing that's ever happened to me bit of a buzzer beater getting uh the the pass on the course yeah it was awesome yeah is there uh anything uh i guess specifically on the court that you wish you could go back and do over um no, not particularly. I think I've learned a lot. Uh, before I came here, all I would do was shoot threes. And coming here, I've learned to do so much more, like how to just do Dirk Nowitzki step backs. Um, that's all I really know about post moves. Um, <laughs> but no, even that's cool. Just I don't think I'd take anything back because I've used it all to better myself as a player and a human, so I'm pretty happy with that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've indirectly mentioned this so far, talking about next year, but you're a fourth-year student. You're graduating uh, with an undergrad degree in just a few weeks, but you're going to be coming back next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all that working hard. Um, I got into my Master's of Kinesiology program, which is super cool, um, and I'm going to be focusing on sociocultural studies in kinesiology. So. Yeah, but that does mean that you can use your fifth year of eligibility oh, yeah. to come back <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, play next year. Yeah, so I'll be back next year and play my last year as a very old person in the league, but hopefully that is to our advantage. And uh, do you have any specific goals set out? I guess obviously the goal is to win the national championship. Besides that, is there anything else that you're really keyed in on for your final season playing here or at least playing basketball at UBC? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to get back to where I was in regards to like three-point percentage. Um, I've alluded to it multiple times in this interview, but all I used to do was shoot threes, and I thought I was a really good three-point shooter, but it hasn't been going so well the last three years. Um, and that's been a little bit attributed to my back injury and mm-hmm. loading. Like, I can't get into the gym as much as possible, like as much as I'd like to, but I guess finding ways around that and getting the shooting in that I need, I think that I can get back to where I was, and that's one of my goals, is to be like a three-point shooter again. And do you feel that uh, your back is improving as the years have gone on since uh, the surgery? No, I've got to shut you down. Not at all. It's so bad. (laughs) It's... 
it's so bad. But there's nothing. So I had like a laminectomy where they take out part of like your um, lamina, which is like compressing the spinal cord. Long story, but um, no, I I can't really stand up for very long. But basketball is pretty fun, so I'll keep trying. Well, it involves a lot of standing up at the very, yeah, <laughs> at the no, very yeah. least. Tell me about it. I oh, know. Yeah, and uh, I guess you're me focused on your masters after your fifth year but do you have any plans to play basketball after ubc yeah definitely i want to go to europe for a year or two just to say that i've done it um and if things go better from there i want to keep pursuing basketball and and try and get back on track to i don't know playing for my country again that might be really far in the future or really abstract i guess but um may as well try i got nothing else to do well uh that's all the questions that I have. Thank you again for coming on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to add uh, before we go? No, I don't think so. It was a pleasure being on the show. It's cool. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> so on behalf of all of us at CITR Sports, uh, thank you again, and good luck next year, you and uh, the entire team. Yeah, cool. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening. That was Madison Penn of UBC Women's Basketball. And now we are going to take a quick break for ads before diving into volleyball. Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy, theater made up on the spot. Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are. Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches. And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers. UBC Improv. Insert cheesy slogan here. Let's get it on. bringing their ever-evolving sound to the Baltimore Cabaret on April 13th. You don't want to miss this. With guests Hatchie and Claude, grab your tickets at eventbrite.com or Red Cat Records. Welcome back to Thunderbird Eye, and now it's time to talk about the volleyball. As for the second time in three years, UBC Women's Volleyball, they're the national champions, and this did not look like it was going to happen at the beginning of the year. Thunderbirds, they were 0-3, and then they were 2-4 and to start the season. And at that point, they convinced libero Sam Paco to return for a fifth year. That was good. Uh, the team found the groove after that. They won 13 of their next 16 matches. Got seniors Kara Hanley and Anna Price back in the new year. Uh, Price from injury, Hanley from a semester abroad in Scotland. They were swept by Calgary to close the regular season, and then they lost to the Dinos again in the Canada West semifinals. However, they did just enough to get to the National Championship Tournament as the 8th seed, the lowest seed at the Nationals, and started the tournament by beating number 1 overall seed Trinity Western in a quarterfinal thriller. Yeah, and this game was quite literally as close of a match as possible. UBC won 3-2, and all five sets were decided by just two points. And I mean, two of them also oh. went past the 25 or 15-point limit, so they're, <laughs> they're, they're uh, quite close. Exactly. The Thunderbirds won the first two, and then the Spartans bounced back. They took the next two, and UBC eventually squeaked out the final set 16-14. Very tight, but we got it done. 
Yeah, and if you ask about who was the biggest contributor on that night, uh, it's unsurprisingly you, the U Sports MVP Kieran Van Rijk, who came out clutch with a career-high 32 kills on the 0.27 Nikon percentage, along with 14 dicks and two aces. Yeah, amazing performance for Van Rijk, but Liv Furlan also just as amazing. Career-high 66 Ooh. assists. Her career high heading into the tournament was 48. She got 66 in this game, along with 13 digs and 5 blocks, doing about everything that Van Rijk isn't doing, and also some of the same with the digs. Yeah, no, that was that was incredible, that kind of stat line. And, you know, Jake and I were talking about this before the bra- broadcast. We love giving you these notes because they're all positive. <laughs> Tessa Davis and Victoria Behe were also key. They had 12 kills each, while Davis added a season-high 14 digs. And Patco was named the UBC player of the match. She racked up a game-high 17 digs. Yep. Uh, Always keep the ball rolling. And um, next up for the Thunderbirds was the number four ranked Dalhousie. 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 Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> a week after the, the Dalhousie men's basketball team eliminates uh, UBC. But uh, women's volleyball, they got the revenge for me just as much as uh, the men's basketball team. Yeah, I'm sure team. they did it for you, Jake. <laughs> yeah, they did it for me. Yeah, as mentioned, they swept Montreal in the, uh, the housey swept Montreal in the quarterfinals, and this match was not quite as close as the previous one. As after splitting the first two sets, UBC blew out the Tigers 25-16 in the third set, then took the fourth 25-21 to advance to the final. Yeah, no one put up crazy kill totals in this one. Both teams struggled offensively at times. The Thunderbirds did manage to hit a Decent enough, 208 in the end, but uh, their real strength was at the defensive end. They held Dalhousie to under 100 hitting percentage for the match at 070, and that includes 030 in those final two sets. Dalhousie unable to get anything going. Yeah, if you're not playing well offensively, playing well defensively is just as good. Van Rijk did lead the team again in kills, this time only 15. The She also just hit 115, her lowest total, in over a month. But on the plus side, she did record a season-high 17 digs to make up for it. Yeah, she always finds a way yeah. to make up for whatever deficiencies she might have in a certain game. Yeah, and uh, also Tessa Davis stepped up in this game. She was the only other player in this double figures for kills with 12, and she also had four digs and tied her season high with four aces. The Thunderbirds as a team had a total 11 aces, which is double the amount for Dalhousie. Yeah, we have to give... Patco, another shout out. She mm-hmm. had 19 digs in this game. That was her most since mid-November. Over the three matches in the tournament, she averaged 3.4 digs per set compared to her season average of 2.5. And as I mentioned off the top, like her coming back, it's no coincidence that as soon as she stepped back on the court, the Thunderbirds began to rip off wins. Such an incredible leader for this team. And uh, she she will definitely be missed when she's actually gone yeah, next ju- season. Justice <laughs> for all the liberos out there. They don't get enough credit. Thunderbirds did a great job defending the Tigers, as we mentioned, recording nine team blocks and holding their two leading attackers to nine kills each on a sub-050 hitting percentage. The only Dalhousie player who hit above 250 was their setter, Courtney Baker, who had six kills. And now, the final. Yes. For the second time in three years, UBC gets to the final. Yeah. So that brings us to the national final, which saw UBC tussle with the defending champion, Ryerson Rams, the number six seed in the bracket. They had swept their way through number three, Calgary, and number seven, Alberta, who were hosting the tourney. 
The Rams made it eight consecutive winning sets by putting UBC in a quick 2-0 hole, dominating set one 25-14 and laying on the pressure by snagging set two 25-20. And I mean, pretty pretty impressive there from Ryerson. Eight straight sets against some of the very best teams in the country. Yeah. But you know what it takes to win a national championship? What does it take? It takes nine sets. Wow. wow. And so at that point, the T-Birds pulled an extraordinary switcheroo Set three went their way, 25-20, to 20, and with Ryerson losing their first set of the tournament, momentum squarely shifted. Set four also featured, or also finished, rather, 25-20 for the Birds, and with the Rams fighting for their lives, UBC clinched the title 15-11 in set five. And if there's one thing that uh, both teams had in common in this game is very good players whose last name starts with the letter V, mm-hmm. Battle of the Killer Vs, Van Rijk. Uh, masterful once again bounced back after the her somewhat well low for her kill total in that second game against Dalhousie. She had 24 kills, 13 digs, 296 hitting percentage, 71 kills over the three tournament matches, stepping up when she's needed the most. And then for Ryerson, they had uh, Thana Vernon and Lauren Veltman. Vernon did well with 12 kills, three digs, 462 hitting percentage, and Veltman. Thunbirds did a very good job on her, holding her to eight kills and four digs while hitting 147. Yeah, as we always say, volleyball, it's a team it's team sports. So um, other than Van Rijk, Davis, Henley, and Furland all have splendid matches to make UBC combat a reality. Davis held 15 kills, 9 dicks, and a 0.333 hitting percentage, while Henley hit an incredible 0.471 from 11 kills. Furland was again the master supplier, racking up 13 dicks and 57 assists. That is one set 167 over the course of the championship. Run. I mean, she beat her previous career high by almost double digits twice mm-hmm. in three games yeah. on the biggest possible stage. Wow. Averaging more than 55 assists <laughs> per game. For the tournament. <laughs> Excuse Absolutely me? Absolutely incredible. <laughs> yeah. And also, Anna Price, not someone we've talked about too often on the show, she also had the best game of her season. Six, uh, seven kills, seven digs, hit 316, very nice number. Now, Price took on a larger role in this game as a result of subpar play from Behe, the T-Birds captain, who finished with a negative 250 percentage. It was unfortunate to see the senior in her last game as the Thunderbird play so poorly, but she still got the honor of captaining a championship team, and ultimately Coach Reimer's decision to cut down her playtime did pay dividends for I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure she's perfectly happy with how everything <laughs> yeah. turned out. I don't National think you can complain about that too yeah. much. And, all, yeah, and also, shout out to Anna Price. Didn't mm. play a ton down the stretch after she came back from her ankle injury. Gets thrown in to play a big role in the championship final and comes up big with an efficient seven kills, seven digs. Really answered yeah. the call. Yeah, that's really what you want out of your seniors is that kind of ability to just Definitely. step in cold right. and uh, perform at the highest level. Yeah, and uh, speak like after match coming as a surprise to no one. Van Rijk was named championship MVP for her outwardly performance, and she was by joined uh, Olivia Ferland and Tessa Davis on the tournament All Star team, which also featured Ryerson's Veltman and Vernon, plus the Houses Baker and Alberta's Corey White. And finally, shout out to UBC's four fifth years who have uh, played their final game as a member of the Thunderbirds, Patco, Behe, Hanley, as well as Danae Shepard. Uh, the first three, Patco, Behe, and Hanley, are all two-time national champs. They're also on the team that won two seasons ago. Shepard actually transferred to UBC uh, two seasons ago from Capilano University. She was not on that uh, first championship team. She's on this one. It all works out. Always nice to go out on top. 
And you know what's also nice, Jake? What is nice, Corey? Finding affordable sports gear and active wear. Where would one do that? So if you're looking for those kind of things, you should check out our friends at Cheapskates down at 16th and Dunbar. They are Vancouver's oldest sporting goods consignment store, and they both buy and sell used equipment at great prices. Check them out on their website at CheapskatesVancouver.com or on Twitter at CheapskatesVan or just walk down to their store at 3644 West 16th Avenue. Yeah, and uh, looking on to next week for baseball, they swept Oregon Tech at home and are now first in their division. They hit the road this weekend to play College of Idaho and won't have another home game until April 20th against Oregon Tech. Yeah, and uh, just a quick note, uh, apologies to baseball, softball, golf, and men's rugby for not giving you too much uh Love this week. Just we felt that we had to cover this amazing women's volleyball run. We'll get back to you next week. We'll get back to you next week. We still love you all. Yeah, and continuing with softball, they beat Eastern Oregon in two of the three conference games they played and then lost a fourth game that doesn't count in the conference standing. Um, They also played College of Idaho on the road this weekend. And men's golf finished eighth out of 20 teams at the Grandview Battle at Prim. Andrew Harrison led the team with an overall score of minus one, an eighth stroke bat of the leader. The team now has a couple weeks off between, uh, before turning to their next tournament. And Women's Golf, uh, which won the Granville Battle, and the team finished seven strokes ahead of um, Embry Riddle and Esther Lee, as interviewed by our very own Curry last week, uh, had claimed her third individual win of the season as she shared the spoils with Aaron Allies of Rocky Mountain College. They both hit plus one overall, five strokes ahead of the competition, and the team will head back to California for the Corbin Desert Intercollegiate this weekend. And uh, you can listen to that conversation that Corey had with us early in our archives on CITR.ca. And uh, thank you to Corey for obviously spurring Esper Lee back to her glories yeah, that she had you in know, the first semester. She might not say it, but I feel like I gave her some of her mojo back. Yeah. Congrats, and I, Esther. And I do want to shout out uh, Embry-Riddle, the, probably the greatest university name I've seen uh, in a long time. They're in Arizona. They're in aeronautics college. Oh, interesting. And they've got uh, a lot of sports teams, apparently. I really like the University of Antelope Valley. Yes, that was, that was my favorite. <laughs> that was very good. Yep, and continuing with men's rugby, they annihilate. Uh, they uh, finish off Capilano RFC sixty-seven to twelve, and they also pl- gonna play James Bay AA in Victoria on this Saturday. Yeah, we haven't talked about men's rugby recently. Men's rugby, please actually like provide updates on what you're doing. <laughs> we would like to cover you, but you make it very difficult. Uh, and with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbird's news, standings, and stories is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at CITR Sports. We have uh, brought our Instagram page back from the dead. Follow that, please. Next up on CITR is the Arts Report. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake, Liz, and Corey with contributions from Jacob Care Bear Stare Air. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your evening.